for, believed that you deserved, and then it doesn't happen. Someone else gets the job. You fail when you thought you were going to ace the test. You get overlooked or passed over. Or the dream that you thought was reasonable to expect that might come to fruition, it's broken. Or maybe not just broken, but totally shattered. And you're left with a bunch of disappointment. When we blow it spiritually or morally as Christians, we can have a similar sensation of disappointment, hopelessness with ourselves. Am I ever going to be able to figure out how to get this area of my life, that area of my life on track? And we can end up being disappointed with ourselves, but also with other people. It's easy to play the blame game. If, if they hadn't done this, I wouldn't have done that. We can also get disappointed even with God. And today's sermon is entitled Jonah's Second Chance. We're, we're spending eight weeks on Jonah. We have another week, another couple of weeks, and we'll have a brief pause because we have a guest speaker coming in. The speaker for a couple's night out is going to stay to preach on Sunday, and then we'll return to it. And this sermon series, although it's, it is going, we are going sort of chronologically through the book of Jonah, it's not really exactly a verse-by-verse study. And so the theme this week with Jonah's second chance is pretty related to last week's sermon on Jonah's prayer when he was in the belly of the fish and his response to God. So there'll be a little bit of review here. I'm not going to review the story of Jonah because you just heard it from Sarah. But here's my sermon in a sentence this morning. God is extravagant when it comes to giving second chances. Extravagant. You know what that is? Have you ever received an extravagant gift? Like this is, it's not just like that's too much. Like I, I don't, I'm not really even sure I can accept this gift. Extravagant. That's how God is when it comes to second chances. So I want you to fill in the blank here for a minute. You are never too, fill in the blank, for God to give you a second chance. I'll go through a list. You are never too rebellious for God to give you a second chance. You're never too foolish. You're never too sinful or selfish. You are never too angry. Jonah got angry. We're going to have a message on that. You are never too addicted. You are never too proud. You are never too apathetic. You are never too depressed, stuck, run down, broke down, or down and out. You are never too far from God. You are never too jealous You are never too sexually immoral. You are never too greedy. You are never too self-sufficient. Should I keep going? You want to keep going? You can keep going, whatever you want to add. You are never too all of that for God to give you a second chance. The story of Jonah shows us that God loves to respond to us when we respond to him. And the response doesn't have to be too big for God to give us a second chance, as the story of Jonah tells us. So let's start. We're going to cover three verses. Jonah 2.10, which is the last verse. That's not the prayer in Jonah. If you want to open your Bible or have your uh, Bible app open on your phone, this will be helpful because I will refer to a few other passages in Jonah. Jonah 2.10, after... So... I didn't really coach or ask. Sarah does a great job with teaching, but I probably could have given her this to pause 
After, after Jonah's on the boat, he gets thrown over. The fish comes. He gets swallowed. Jonah prays. He gets spit out. But it's a really important word. And the word is then. After he prays in the fish, then. Here are some steps on the path to a second chance. Jonah 2.1. Let's, let's say what, what, what happened first. Then. Before then was this. Jonah was in the belly of the fish. Here's the, how he starts his prayer. Actually, this is verse 2 of Jonah, not 1. Um, he prayed to the Lord God from the belly of the fish, and this is what he said. It's actually verse 2. I called to the Lord in my distress. I cried out for help. So this might seem intuitive. It should seem intuitive. The problem is, is that our intuition doesn't always serve us when we need a second chance. But here's the first step towards a second chance is that you and I have to recognize we need some help. Jonah finally figured it out after he got swallowed by a fish. Maybe he was still recalling his experience being in the ocean as he prayed this. He needed help. You and I don't always think that right away, but if we want to experience God's second chance, he's very willing, as a good parent will at times, to allow us to learn lessons from the natural consequences of our sin if we want to. That's one way. Proverbs says there's two ways to learn. One is the way of foolishness, which is also, he's being completely rebellious, and through pain you can learn wisdom. He sometimes allows us to do that. But there's another way of wisdom where we realize we need something from him that we don't already have. When you recognize that you need help and you ask God for help, he's listening. He was listening to Jonah. He was listening to Jonah in the, in the belly of a fish. Now, We're going to talk more about this later in this series, but Jonah prays a good prayer, but it's not great. He does pray some things, and he does recognize his need for help, and as we're going to see later, he does humble himself. But you know what's not ever in the book of Jonah, recorded in his prayer elsewhere? He never says, I'm sorry, God, I was wrong. I shouldn't have run away from you. He never says it. Now, you might say that some of the things that he does express some of that, But I personally think Jonah is a really crummy repenter. But God still shows him mercy. He asks God for help. That's the first step. Here's the second step. Let's look again. We're just on then. Then Jonah uh, was vomited out. So just on that phrase, then, here we're going to reflect back to verse 6 and 7, another part of his prayer. Again, I'm not taking away from the beauty of his prayer, but it's not as complete as it could be. Better for us to just recognize we need help. That's good. That's step one. And God will respond to that if we go to step two, is to actually confess and repent what we've done wrong. Actually, that will lead us to experience a second chance a lot faster. Here's step two. So here's a little sign of Jonah's humility, verse 6 and 7. Uh, then Uh, Let's see. Then you raised my life from the pit, Lord my God, as my life was fading away. And then here it is. I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Now remember, up to this point, before then happened, Jonah is, and we talked about it's running away from God. It's literally turning his face away from God's face. 
God's, you know, you can't get away from the presence of the Lord, but you can turn away from his face. I'm not paying attention to you. So here in this verse, Jonah is humbling himself. He's saying, I'm not going to keep running in the opposite direction, God. You're looking at me now. I will turn around and look at you. Okay? So parents, you've probably had an upset child who's angry about something, maybe at you or maybe at a sister or brother, and they are stomping their feet, looking down, hands in the pocket, and they won't even look up at you, right? That's Jonah up until this point. Then he turns toward God. There's, a, there's an opportunity then when you turn your face, right? That's what, Jonah, that's what Jonah does. So here's the second step on the way to a second chance is to respond with humility to God. Jonah does express some humility. I think he can do a lot better. I think we can do a lot better than Jonah does in this story. But l- listen, God responds to a little bit of humility. We don't have to be all the way there for God to start responding to us and for us to start responding to God. Jonah just starts to turn towards God. James 4, 7 through 10, I'd love to read it. I'm not going to read it this morning. Here's my very shortened paraphrase. God will resist the proud, and I always take that as God allows natural consequences to teach lessons to those who don't want to listen to him, but he cannot resist the humble. He shows grace to the humble. He can't, just like he can't show grace to the proud until they choose to humble themselves, he can't show, he can't not show grace to those who humble themselves before him. Verse 8 of James 4.8 is a, or James 4.8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's like what Jonah does. He's turned away from God and there's a sign of humility when you turn away from God to just turn your face back and lean in to God. That's a sign of humility. You know what will keep you from doing that? What will keep you from turning back to God when you recognize you've blown it? Shame will keep you from turning back to God. Shame says, you screwed up so bad, God doesn't have a purpose for you. He doesn't really want to look at you. He's not really interested in you. You have blown it too much. That whole list on there, shame says, all that stuff is the reason why God doesn't even want to look at you. Why would you look at him? And friends, that lies from the pit of hell. Shame will keep you from turning back to God. Don't listen to shame. Jonah doesn't. I don't think, although I'm not really sure. We don't have his interior, complete interior dialogue. Okay, now, those two points on one word, then, now we'll move on to the rest of the passage for the last point. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. God was in charge of the fish. Okay, we're done now, fish. Spit them out. Yes, sir, God. Spits them out. I love this next phrase. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, and preach the message that I tell you. Here's the third step on the way to the second chance, and we won't always do this either. So first we have to recognize we need help. That's a little bit of humility, right? I don't have my life together. I need help. Secondly, I respond humbly to God, and I turn back toward him. Thirdly, is I receive God's grace. Now, in that second, first, second, third, like I said, Jonah doesn't really express fully repenting, which is, I'm sorry, and I turn away from that thing that I did to offend you. That is actually a more complete version of this. But God is really generous in his mercy, and he responds to us where we are at. And when we turn back towards him and we say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you now, 
we have a chance to receive his grace. Now, I want to tell you, if you're a business owner and you had a really important presentation for one of your top employees to do in L.A., and if they do that presentation well, it's not just going to be like your company gets a big sale. It's sort of like going to be the industry that your company represents is going to get so revolutionized if this presentation goes well that the whole culture is going to shift. That was Jonah's job. Now, if you sent your employee to L.A. and they decided to fly to the Virgin Islands instead, and you asked how the presentation went, and they said, I didn't do it, I went to the Virgin Islands, would you let them try again? No. Jonah does not deserve a second chance. There is no way he deserves a second chance. I'm sure the voice of hell is telling Jonah, the voice of shame, you don't deserve a second chance. You blew it prophet of God running in the other direction. But Jonah doesn't listen to shame. He actually, we will see, he responds to God's grace and he follows through. He does not deserve to be shown mercy. Now mercy is not getting what you deserve. What did Jonah deserve? Just leave him in the fish. Leave him in the sea. Spit him out and just let him go back to farming or something. For sure not give him another word from God to go do something important. That's mercy. God did not give him what he deserved. Grace is giving him what he doesn't deserve. I'm going to give you another chance. There's a lot of people that got a second chance in the Bible. Peter denied Jesus three times at the time when he needed him most. Peter got a second chance. Moses literally broke the Ten Commandments that he was supposed to go tell the people and share with the people, and God gave him a second chance. Jacob was a thief and a conniver. God gave him a second chance to have a pretty significant role in the story of his grace and mercy towards all people on the earth. Samson was foolishly naive and impetuous. We could go through a long list, people. In the Bible, there's almost no one that doesn't need a second chance. One of them didn't need a second chance, and he got killed on a cross. That was Jesus. We don't receive God's grace, and we will not receive God's grace if we are focusing on our failure. We won't. We'll spin in a shame cycle and beat ourselves up or figure out how to do better next time, but we won't actually receive the offer that God's giving us unless we look to God and draw near to him. So when I was in my 20s, I was in college uh, at UND, early 20s, and this song uh, Christian, by Christian, Chris Rice came out, and he was about 30 years old, so the song references 30 years, so I used to sing the song and use 20 years. Now I'm in my 40s, so I guess I have to use 40s. You can use 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever. This was a song that my friend, my roommate Aaron and I um, used to reference to each other when we screwed up. Like one time... He kind of had a temper, and he was in racquetball class, and things got heated, and he got in another guy's face, and he said, if you do that one more time, I am going to kill you. And he wasn't joking. He was, like, ready to take his hat off. And he came back home to our apartment in shame, and I walked over, and he said what it is, and I walked over to the CD player, and I just pushed play on this song, and I just sat back down. Here's what the lyrics, here's what the lyrics say. 
You'd think I'd have it down by now. Been practicing for 30 years. It's called clumsy. I should have walked a thousand miles. So what am I still doing here? Reaching out for that same old piece of forbidden fruit, I slip and fall and I knock my halo loose. Somebody tell me, what's a boy supposed to do? I get so clumsy, I get so foolish, I get so stupid, and then I feel so useless. But you're saying you love me. You're still going to hold me. And that you want to be near me because you're making me holy. Here's verse 2. I'm going to get it right this time. I'll be strong and I'll make you proud. I've prayed that prayer a thousand times. But the rooster crows and my tears fall down. Then you remind me. You made me from the dust. And I can never, no, never be good enough. But you're not going to let that come between us. Let me read you a beautiful verse. Lamentations 3.22 and 23 says this. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every morning, friends, you can get a second chance if you've blown it. If you blow it today, tomorrow morning, you you don't have to wait till the morning, by the way. It's always available all the time. If you get clumsy and you fall down, he is ready. God is extravagant when it comes to giving second chances. And we know that he does that. The price that he was willing to pay, that Jesus was willing to pay on a cross to offer his body to be broken and his blood to be shed is really the sign that he'll go to whatever extent is necessary in order for us to have one more chance to respond to him in humility. So we're going to share communion this morning like we normally do on Family Worship Sundays. I want to read 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26. I think I forgot to put it on my PowerPoint. Sorry about that. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread and When he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And we'll do that as we break this bread. And in the same way, also he took the cup after supper and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do it as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And we we proclaim his death until he comes again. That he comes again is that death didn't hold him. And it's through his death that we have the opportunity of a second chance for no matter what we've done in life. That because Jesus paid it all for us on that cross, we don't have to. All we have to do is turn toward him and respond in humility and receive his grace. So I'll pray and you can come on up um, if you want to start in the front and filter through either side. It's a gluten-free option on the ends there, whichever line is shortest. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for being the God of second chances. Thanks for displaying that even in the story of Jonah, a cantankerous, stubborn, rebellious prophet who sort of humbles himself and does humble himself in some ways, but sure doesn't seem to do it as completely as some other great examples in the Bible would, that you respond even to a little bit of humility by showing mercy and offering grace. God, would we, would you help us to turn toward you and and what we see is a Savior who is willing to die on our behalf and receive the grace that you offer us. 
In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. You can come on up on both sides.